You're listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. This is a chronological Bible study going chapter by chapter, discovering Christ in all of Scripture. This is Job chapter 35. Verses 1 through 11. Elihu insists our actions don't impact God. After again misquoting Job in order to rebuke him, Elihu addresses Job and the other three men with him. He tells them to look up into the heavens and gaze at the clouds so high above them to get a correct perspective of their own insignificance. And yet God is far above even the heavens themselves. Matthew Henry says, How much then is he out of the reach either of our sins or our services? We have no reason to complain if we have not what we expect, but should be thankful that we have better than we deserve. Then he asks, if you sin, how does that affect him? If your sins are many, what does that do to him? If you are righteous, what do you give to him? Or what does he receive from your hand? There is some truth here. God is and was totally content and complete before we were created. He did not create us because something was lacking in himself. There was unity in the Trinity of the Godhead. God is independent of his creation and does not need them. Acts 17, 24 and 25 says, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. So this speaks of his transcendence. So if we praise him, we are only doing as we should. Our righteousness doesn't add to his glory because we cannot make him more perfect. If so, he wouldn't already be perfect. We don't enrich him by our works. And if we sin, it doesn't detract from his glory because his character cannot decay or get worse or else he would not already be perfect. This idea of a God who can improve is found in the theology of the emerging church or progressive Christianity. God is not reactionary, adjusting his moves based on our actions like a master chess player. That would make us sovereign over him. Not at all. Let God be true and every man a liar, as it is written, so that you may be proved right when you speak and prevail when you judge. Romans 3, 4. God is not accountable to people, but people are accountable to God. Elihu argues the truth that your wickedness only affects humans like yourself, and your righteousness only other people. Our actions, good and bad, affect only other people. Even though our sins offend God, they do not change his character. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot disown himself. Elihu addressed Job's complaint that God did not answer when he cried out under his oppression. Yet he forgot that God often gave us songs in the night, reasons to rejoice in the midst of trial. We often forget that God gives us support in our troubles, and Christians, more than anyone, have a reason to sing songs of joy. Then he reminded Job that people are privileged over the animals because God teaches us so that we are wiser than the beasts of the earth and the birds of heaven. That could launch me into a whole new direction about our relationship to the animals 
and recognizing our advantages as beings made in the image of God with an immortal soul, but I'll leave that till we get to Ecclesiastes. Verses 12 to 14, Reasons for Unanswered Prayer Elihu gives Job four main reasons why his prayers go unanswered. Pride, wrong motives, lack of trust, and wickedness. First, he tells Job God doesn't listen to the arrogance of the wicked, like you, Job. It's an empty plea, and the Almighty pays no attention to it. There is a sense in which this is true. God will not listen to our prayers when our sins stand between himself and us. Isaiah 59.2 says, But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. Elihu claimed Job's prayers weren't answered because his motives were wrong. He wanted to vindicate himself rather than glorify God. He was impatient to have his case heard and was not trusting God. Finally, he wouldn't take the least notice of such a great sinner, which Job obviously was, in Elihu's estimation. Finally, he again accused Job of foolish talk of no value. Scarlet Threads So what scarlet threads or hints of Jesus Christ or an application to the Gospel do we find in this chapter? Elihu said God gave us songs in the night, reasons to rejoice in the midst of trials. Paul and Silas could sing hymns while imprisoned, Acts 16. Elihu said God won't hear the prayers of the wicked. 1 Peter 3.7 says, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. The only prayer of the sinner that God will hear is a prayer of repentance. Romans 10.13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You've been listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and comment. Continue listening for Job chapter 36. May God bless the study of his word.